What's up with you? What's going on? Let him know he'll prescribe you a song. Turn the volume up. I suggest you to one slide request. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Tawanda's Live Request. This is quarantine edition, quarantine edition and Zoom and shit because we all can't be around each other, which sucks because we can't be in person, but it's awesome because now we can have guests from all over the country. And today, all the way from LA, I got my homie, Keith Johnson. What's good, bro? What up, man? How y'all doing? Chilling? Shit, man. Yeah, chilling, Good. trying to get by. Find some sweet shit to do. Yeah, I'm glad, about you, glad to be on, man. Appreciate y'all having me. Uh, I'm feeling good, man. Uh, just been just been in a uh, mode, just working, doing push-ups. I'm feeling good. So, you know. Or are you doing push-ups and shit? Yeah, 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 I'm doing uh, the one-punch man workout, 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, 100 squats a day. How's that working? Uh, I get lazy, so I only do it like three days a week, if we're being honest. But yeah. it's, it's a good number, you know. It's 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 a solid workout. Yeah, it's a good round number. Like, I, yeah. I saw it. I was like, oh, I could try that. But then I was like, nah. I got, like, exercise bands, and I've been using that. And then it's just like – I've been doing, like, a mix of, like – like, it's like half new age workouts and like half jail at the same. I don't know how to explain it. Like I got it's like new jail. Uh, yeah, it's new jail. Yeah, it's a new jail. Like I like light candles and have like sage and shit. But then it's like, all right, I take the exercise bands and then like I have a weighted blanket and I wrap it around and I just do like bench presses and stuff. I, I squat with the weighted blanket. That's 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 been that's been my go to. And it's like okay, and I think that it works but it's also just to keep me from going insane and it made me realize i was like yo this is like it it kind of feels like jail but then i watched the movie about jail and i was like no this is this is way different right it's like uh orange is the new black type of jail it's 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 a little more friendlier yeah yeah it's yeah it's way yeah we have we also have tvs like right <laughs> what oh fucking well we have like tvs and shit we can yeah, we can also leave we could we could leave the house if we really need to i don't think there's a jail where like right. all right if you have to go out for real you can go but you gotta come back like there's none of that it's very it's like nice a, a, it's nice. a swedish prison like, oh yeah, the, yeah. Or switzerland wherever the fuck that would yeah when they want like the those prisons are just like all right we want you to come back to society the whole person right. so you can have like an apartment where they actually care. That's got me. Yeah. Shit. If I was homeless in Switzerland, I'd totally commit a crime. Like right. That sounds like that. But is that like the standard jail, or is that just like no? This is the this is like the low security prison. If you have a good I lawyer, they can get you into that jail. Right. I don't. I don't know. I always question like when I hear shit about Sweden and like Switzerland, all those like white countries, because they they seem so perfect, but they're homogenous. So it's just like you're only dealing with like white people it's like you don't yes. deal with everybody else so exactly they shit up you know facts i'm also just like when i see when i see people be like oh like oh like i saw this the other day in germany they had like a drive-in rave where people just sat in their cars and they all played the same music and there were lights going off and they had, a, they had everyone dancing in their cars and everyone was like oh my god why the germans are so ahead of us and i was like yeah but they also were nazis for a while like they're not <laughs> 
they're not like good people. It's like you can't look at these all white countries and be like, oh, they're good. They just don't like they don't have, have minorities. Right. So it's like I was, I, I was reading uh, living harmony when you have to worry about racism. Right. And it, it's you know, I think things would be different if if they were a bigger melting pot like we were. Yeah, it's it's difficult to get everyone on one accord when you have to move like that. Yeah, exactly. It's difficult to do that shit, and it's just like, also, it's just I don't know. They also like they don't like like the rest of like like America. We don't broadcast our problems as much as like we think we do. I think like people across the, across the world, we still they still look at America as like, oh, they emulate us so much. So maybe it's like they're just showing the best of themselves, but they actually have like huge fucking problems. Like right. I know France is fucked up. France has like crazy racism and shit like that. There were huge oh, riots yeah. for a while. Oh, England yeah. is fu- Eng- England had the old Brexit shit. Like everybody has something fucked up about them. They're just trying to hide. But yep. I think America's just like, oh, our fuck what makes us fucked up is what also what makes people like us. So we have to broadcast that. Right. Because the African American is like probably the most emulated person. Well, was that just like a Paul Mooney quote? I'm not sure if that's true or not, but like. <laughs> no, I agree. Uh, when I, I went to London for a little bit to do comedy, uh, this is when I started like really, it, it's like that Patrice joke where you're like, okay, we are, one, we are better than everyone else comedically and just like culturally. And then you start to see like how, strong our influence is and we're just like oh y'all are, y'all are like three seasons after us like they're just playing catch up all the time and they're oh, yeah. way behind on a lot of things they got they got better health care oh, yeah. but you know they're like in 2017 in uh in culture so it's like we, we've already done yeah. that exactly they're playing ps3 on ps4 it's not right. the same <laughs> like your, hand, your hands are still blocky like it's not the same right also <laughs> I was talking to somebody about this in London when I went. I noticed it was like the most polite but angriest place I've ever been. That is an angry, angry city. Like it's all like castles and shit. The like homeless people, there's spikes everywhere, so you can't sleep anywhere. Everyone's polite during the day, but at like eight oh five at night, everybody wants to fight. Everyone's drunk and wants to fight. Like immediately, they're they're fucking they're psych they're psychotic like they just hold in everything and later at night they're just ready to fight the entire time i feel like germany's like that too uh because they can't be angry anymore because it's you know hitler kind of ruined that (laughs) all that shit for them yeah they can't do shit right so they're just smiling but that it's building up absolutely oh yeah that's that's 100 there and they can't be proud to be they can't be proud to be german (laughs) You can't have German pride. That sucks. You can't have. Could you not? Could you imagine not having pride in like what you are? Right. And uh, like, no, yeah. Like, not even like a self-esteem thing, but it's just like, no. Historically, like when you have pride, it doesn't. It doesn't end well. So like, now we can't. (laughs) Now you got to slow down. You can't do that. Right. Take that flag down. You got to take that flag down. Right. I know you feel good, but you gotta like let it go because look at read the history books and shit. Right. But I heard the German, I heard that Germans are pretty good about that shit though. Like in history books are just like, yeah, we were fucked up, and we just gotta own it. But that's also what happens when you lose a war. Yeah, like when, they uh, when people, they ate their L, they ate it. Yeah, they ate it. Yeah. Did you see? Did you see JoJo uh, Dancer? 
Oh, no, 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 Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. I love that movie. Bro, it's, yeah, I loved it too. And I had no idea I was going to love it. I, I went in, I was like, what the fuck is this? And then uh, I just started watching. I was like, oh, this is good. Like, it, it Hitler was funny. The, the little kid was good. The girl was great. Yeah. Uh, that kid. Everybody was great, but it's like, you just looked at this and go, the, the Germans were just pathetic. They were just like, <laughs> they're, they're acting like everything was, they were like, oh, everything's fine. Everything's fine. But deep down, they were like, everything was just, fu- they, were, they, they knew they were fucked. There's nothing right. they could do about it. And then the Gestapo came in, and they were so polite, and it was just like, oh, uh, it was... Nick, have you seen it? No, not yet. Bro, you got to watch You gotta watch it. It's just like... it. Every time I go to you, watch it, like some real shit has happened, and I'm like, oh, I can't laugh at Nazis right now. You kind of don't laugh at Nazis. It's, it's weird, because you kind of like... You watch this. You watch the movie, and you're like, you're, you watch it. Like, damn, I really want this kid to be a Nazi so bad. Because that's, that's all the kid, that's all the kid wants is to be like a Nazi. Like, right. I want to be a Nazi. So, you're, be not, a, so you're rooting for them. Yeah, yeah, you're, 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 you're rooting for him because no, the kid is so likable. He's so okay. likable. The Nazis are pieces of shit, but like, obviously, but like the kid, you want because that's all he wants. And then like it gets into this whole thing, and it's just Takai Watiti is just amazing. He's a good. He's a fucking. <laughs> Right. I live in uh, yeah. this this neighborhood in L.A. It's called Mid-City, so it's it, it's like half black, half Jewish. And like it's like heavy Jewish, like just Orthodox Jewish neighborhood. And then in right in the middle, they just had all these Jojo Rabbit, Hitler, swastika. <laughs> <laughs> so it got a little weird, but it was a great movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it is it, it, it does. I tell people who are just like, yeah, I tried watching it. And I just get really uncomfortable. Right, it's a hard sell. It's a hard sell to be like <laughs> the first because the first thing you see is Hitler just like like all right, so what, practice your lines. Like it's just like just excited to be a Nazi. But anyway, enough about Nazis. That's not it's, that's a different kind of podcast. I don't want to be that right. <laughs> unless these unless these ratings go down. No, nah, that's that's right. Then we, you know you gotta you gotta get some hot lines in there. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah, you, you gotta talk about buzzwords and shit. But anyway, this is the music podcast, the musical advice show where we take the problems you have and we find the songs for them. So first, we're gonna talk about your favorite song. You gave me a few, but first, I want to talk about uh, Kanye West. I'm in it. So Nick, let's play that shit real quick. Yo, what album was this off of again? Jesus. Oh shit! Damn. Yeah. How do you feel about Jesus overall? Um, I, I that's my favorite Kanye album. Um, I think uh, a lot of people automatically put uh, my Dark Twisted Fantasy uh, as their number one, and I think yeah. they're music fans. Like, if you're a music fan, that's your number one album. If you're a Kanye fan. Something like Yeezus is your favorite album because I feel like that really represents who Kanye is, and uh, I, I just like I like that piece. It's it's a great album to me. It's uh, overlooked. I, yeah. I think Jay Z said it best. It's like if you could twist, if you could just switch up a couple of songs, it would have been like more. It, it would have been received better. But uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah. I, cause it's funny you said that, cause I I say dark, I say dark fantasy is my favorite album. However, I come back to Jesus sometimes. I remember when I first heard Jesus, I didn't like it. 
I didn't like it. I was like, what's going? I was like, what's going on? Then I, I left alone for like two, three years. I came back and I was like, oh, this is in spices. This and it means more. It's different, and it's kind of like, yeah, this is this is this is Jay. It's like it's not. It's 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 uneven. It's not consistent. But like everything is, she's trying. He's trying to do some new shit all the time. Like he's not trying to rap anymore. He's trying to just find other ways to express himself. Right. But it's still just. Like, it's uh. What, what about what? What about this song? Why do you like this song in particular? Why do you like this song in particular? Um, it. It, to me, it represents um, like a like a creative angst, like that frustration when you get like right before you you find that like piece of completing a project, and I think that's what I'm in it. That's what Jesus kind of represents is is just angst and anger, um, and creative frustration, and in it like you you hear like there's a dog barking as like a as, as a beat. There's just like a whole bunch of noise. And I, I feel like when he was making it, he's like, that dog won't shut the fuck up. And it's outside, it's just barking. And then like he just he sampled it and just made it into a song. I say that because I have a dog that wakes me up at uh, 7 o'clock outside, my neighbor's dog, and I just hear it barking. Oh, been there. Like, uh. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I like it. I mean, he's just saucing. I'm in it, locked in. He's, he's in his mamba mentality. He's focused. And, uh, yeah, I like it. All right. The um, switch, like right here. You say that like goes Yeah. I think you have a good point of creative angst and like you're trying like you're near a break a breakthrough. I think what my initial reaction to Jesus, what kind of helped me back, was kind of like I felt that same like he's trying to find something, but I don't feel like he ever did. Mm-hmm. Like. There's this energy. He's like, he's, he's like, he's searching for something, and he never did. And I feel like every every album after that is kind of like I don't want to call it like a failure, but it's kind of just like, yeah, he had he didn't find that he didn't find that missing piece, but he's making peace with the fact that he's incomplete. Gotcha. I I, I think so. Uh, there's an interview where he. He said the words wabi sabi, and it's that that idea of accepting that you're not complete. It's it's not perfect, and just letting it go. I think yeah, I think that's it. I agree. Um, I like the incompletion though. I I think it makes it more connectable to human humans. Yeah, on a human level, that makes sense, and I think that like that when you look at it, I think that's a, that's actually a good way of looking at Kanye is like just being like, as a human, he's flawed and he's become more comfortable with showing those flaws because rap and shit for a long time, I think about rappers and everything. Yeah, rappers are flawed, quote unquote, but they still try to come off as like, you know, the complete package. They're always like, yo, I'm the freshest nigga here. I'm the coolest right. nigga. I fucked the, fuck the baddest bitches. My dick is the biggest. They're all at every level. They're always just like, I'm number one. And Kanye is good at being like, you know what? I'm like a bronze medal at best. So that's like, right. he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect. And he wants, but he raps about, he talks about not being perfect with the same bravado. Yes. <laughs> so that comes off crazy. Like, right. 
It's why he watches interviews and shit. And he says that are wrong. Yeah. He says right. he makes wrong. He has really bad takes, but he says it with pure confidence. And it's like he know. It's like he knows he's wrong, but he's just like, let me. Like, I'm just saying my shit. I'm not right. Like I haven't watched an interview with Kanye where he's just like, I'm right. No, he's just saying this is what I feel, and what I feel isn't right. Yep. He doesn't like. It's like he just it just exists. It's never like like when he says slavery is a choice. That was him being like, all right, this is what I think. It's not right. Like, I remember after like that, the uh, when he was on TMZ or whatever, the dude was just like, "You're like, what's his name? The guy who has the other, the guy, the black guy on TMZ was like, "Yo, what you're saying is hurting a lot of people." And Kanye, it was going over his head, but I think Kanye said, "Be like, yo, I'm not trying to say that I'm right. I'm just saying how I feel, and I want us all to be in a place where we can say how we feel." Right. But he doesn't right. understand that it. it's like um, people I- aren't paying you to say that. Right. Um, what I what I realized, I think that clip was actually similar to Allen Iverson's practice speech where it was framed to make Kanye look like the bad guy. And I think uh, like, you know, because Allen Iverson is talking about his dead friend. He's like, y'all are talking to me about practice. You're not talking about the game. You're talking about practice. And they just made it look like he was an asshole talking about, I don't go to practice. But uh, I I feel like what he was saying and you know I think Kanye leaves it up to the interpretation that's why you know he gets in so much trouble but uh I mean I think for a long time he challenged everybody else and now he just turned to black people he's like I want to challenge black people more I I like it I mean I I like him being able to challenge everybody he 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 opened up a lot of doors for for me as an artist just because he he made it cool not to be a gangster. He made it cool. Like he, he beat 50 cent and, and that opened up the, the reins for just normal people to come through and just be like, all right, I'm not a gangster. I just grew up in a decent neighborhood and I just want to be. So then yeah. he turned to us and challenged us to be better the way he turned, you know, that he challenged everybody else. So I like, I like being challenged like that. Um, yeah. I think it's needed. It's necessary. To I think, think so too. Of I agree with that. I sincerely believe that. I think that like, that's a, a problem I have with the internet now is um, like on Twitter and stuff. Now it might be the result of the fact that like, um, maybe it's because I'm in my thirties now and I go on like the internet and I just, every, everyone's trying so hard to be perfect. Everyone oh, wants man. to be like, I have, the, I have the best, I have the best takes. I am right. every, everything you say, everything that I hear. Yes. I am the most woke person. Even though I didn't know about this thing before, I know about it now, and I'm chastising you for not knowing this shit. So I it's like, for, yeah, I know, I know, I know everything. So it's like for somebody to come in and be like, "I'm going to challenge like and make people uncomfortable." The first reaction is just be like, "I'm going to rebuke this because this is awful. I'm going to right. I'm, I can't. I can't have this energy around me." But I think that's because it's just like not to say like because people are insecure, but it's just like in public, it's easier to control what you want people to see about you right and when a dude like yay walks in and says some crazy shit like that it makes everybody uncomfortable it's just like no i don't want people to see like i'm i'm spent so much time crapped in this persona online this perfect person don't chip away at it with your ideas and they reject that no matter what it is Right. Um, I, I think Kanye kind of he was like a bulldozer that like expanded a, a huge lane just to make 
more individual single lanes just for everybody else. So now you could just walk through unscathed. And, you know, he took a lot of bumps and bruises, but I think it was for the greater good. And not too many people do that because, you know, most people find their lane and then they stick to it. They just do their thing and then they get out. Yeah. But to keep challenging the norm and going against the grain is, is uh, for the greater good of art. I, I mean, I think that's the definition of a true artist right there. Yeah, I feel I agree with that. Like, did you, did you watch his, because uh, you sent me the song on title. Did you watch his opera on title, Nebuchadnezzar? I didn't. I meant to, but uh, I, I I need to. Is it good? I I did. Well, I tried to watch it, and um, it's just like it's weird because <laughs> it's just it's hard to explain. Because I was watching it, and you could tell he was trying to bring opera and stuff like that to people who don't watch the shit. Because you're right. watching people, because it's like you see this whole crowd of people, they're watching it. They have their phones out thinking it's a concert, so they're recording everything. Kanye does not rap or do anything. He just, he just tells a story of Nebuchadnezzar, and there's a guy, in a, everyone's in like white gowns, and there's one guy in purple who's just screaming. He doesn't have any lines. This is Kanye just narrating this entire thing. And then blah, blah, blah happens, and then that, that's all that's happened. And he's, people, you can hear people like at any pause they stop and they're confused and they just start cheering because they think it's a concert, but it's like, that's not what's going on. And it's like, it's on an opera level. It's not, it's not good. It's just like, yo, but how many niggas, you know, make niggas don't make operas. Right. Right. It opens up the door. It's like, I'm not afraid to be the sick, the, the bravado singer that I need to, or whatever the yeah. fucking term, alto and uh, all those singers. Like just people that we don't know about. That's just going to school, sitting in the back of class, being afraid that they're an opera singer, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like we need that. We need I wanna see more nigga I wanna see more nigga opera singers. That's what that's what we fucking need. Like I wanna <laughs> see some niggas in operas making fucking I wanna right. see some real shit, bro. I wanna see that shit. I wanna see like I wanna see niggas re- like remember remember fucking Carmen? Remember Carmen the hip opera? Right, right, right. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Wasn't Beyonce yeah. in that? I, yeah. As, yes, Beyonce is Beyonce and most death. That was that was a moment, uh-huh. and that was a thing that was like it was kind of a big deal. But we but we never came back to that shit. And it's weird to think that as as popular as Beyonce is today, we don't talk about Carmen. We never right. talk about Carmen. <laughs> I feel like she's, come on she's now, like, niggas. She is, but we she knows that. to shut the we fuck up. The opera. That's her difference. True. We need opera. We need true, black true. operas. I mean, we I need think black opera. I want to see. Once Broadway comes back, they'll have there a, was a the clip wire of, uh, opera or something. A musical. Is <laughs> <laughs> a clip of what? Are we lagging? But, you know, yeah, we're lagging a little bit. It's this is this is the internet. It's the okay. internet. It's trash. But don't worry, we can edit this shit. Uh, but like, yeah, I think that like I agree with that. Broadway is gonna come back. It's gonna be. It's gonna be some niggas. It's gonna, but I don't want to see like. I want to see operas based on some nigga shit too. I don't want to see like oh they remade like the Phantom of the Opera and shit, and then you have like. 
<laughs> the, the fan of the opera and instead of being like old Italy or some shit it's like St. Louis and then like the, the Phantom isn't like a, the Phantom isn't some dude who was scarred it's just the nigga from it's the nigga from uh, what you call it from the St. Louis Six wearing the mask and interrupt the Nelly St. concert to get paid properly <laughs> I want to see some shit yeah I want to see right Actually, that should that'd be that'd be a good that'd be a no that'd be a good opera. Holy shit! If you just saw that, right was like an, op- an operatic version. Yeah, an operatic version. Yeah, the Phantom of St. Louis. Yes, yes. And it's like you see Nelly. It's like Nelly years yeah. after popularity <laughs> comes back to St. Louis, and then he sees like, and then he he he's do, kind of doing a concert to celebrate his career. But as he does the concert, somebody keeps fucking up everything. So it's like. Every time he tries to do one of his hit singles, a light falls or some shit like that. And they're like, who's doing this? And you find out it's slow down because you didn't get paid properly. And it's just like, damn, I didn't know. And now he has to be like, I'm sorry. Then you find out it wasn't actually slow down. It was fucking Murphy Lee the whole time because he got caught right. over in that contract. And then he has a do-rag with the long cape that he uses. As yes! <laughs> <laughs> this isn't funny anymore. This is a good idea. This is a good idea. You know, right. But, really but, that's what, but that's what, but that's what Ye did. Without, without us talking about Ye doing an opera, I don't think niggas would be like, oh, it's like a nigga opera about Nelly and a do-rag. Like, that's, that's Ye's influence, all right? Right. He doesn't want you to be him. He wants you to think and be you. That's I don't it. want to be you're a Kanye fan. You're not a fan of Kanye. You're a fan of yourself. And that's all it is. Yes. That is all it fucking is. My God. That's that's profound. Um, uh, Whitney, Whitney Houston had a clip where she was singing with the opera, some opera guy, and he was singing like super high. And then she got in and it was just like a little pump fake to let him know, like, yo, if I wanted to, mm-hmm. I could get in the opera game. But then, you know, she just, people, people shy away from it. I, I don't think, uh, culturally we're there but once we do arrive it, it's, it's game over you know i think also man i don't think opera singers make that much money no probably not <laughs> like i remember like i saw yeah because i saw something about ballet dancers and shit i saw especially about ballet, ballet dancers in boston and once she, she was this great dancer and this white lady and then the uh the documentary was talking like yeah she's actually on welfare right now and i was like nigga what <laughs> i see this angelic white ballet dancer who's on Food stamps, nigga. And I was like, yo, this is. There's no money in that shit. And I right. think that and that comes back to like I was reading an article, another article way back about like UCB and all the other shit, improv. And they're just like, how why don't black people do improv? And they're just like, niggas don't do improv because there's no money in that shit. And a lot of niggas right. do not come from situations where it's like you can come out and be like, I'm gonna dedicate my life to improv. Even like even dedicating your life to comedy. Comedy costs a lot of fucking money. And it's just like, unless you come from a place where it's like you're semi-secure, you're not going to, it's it's a struggle. But like improv, there's probably not, not, not much bread in it. Or like even like lacrosse. I was looking at lacrosse randomly. And I was watching the lacrosse all-star game. The all-star game in lacrosse, the best lacrosse players in the world. And there's one dude who was playing, he was doing his thing, he was balling. And the announcer was like, oh, when he's not playing Major League Lacrosse, he's a science teacher in middle school. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, they make $30,000. But they, but it's like, it's, but they come from families where they can do that shit. And I don't think right. niggas come from a place where you can, you can sing opera. I mean, you can't make money like that. Also, where you can make money, they're probably racist as fuck. Right, Exactly. Like you're not I read, breaking into the clubs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not breaking. You're not breaking those clubs down. Oh my god, 
they're not they're not they're not doing shit for you. Like I remember in what it was maybe like a few months back in Russia with ballet. There's like about a famous ballet school or whatever, and they had this play where they do blackface, and they were just like, "Guys, you can't yeah, you can't do that." And they're like, "But it's tradition." Like they're so racist, they don't even realize right. they're racist. Right. So I, I like, think um, Misty Copeland spoke out about that. She was she was like, "Yo, yeah. what what the fuck are y'all doing?" And she got yeah. like she got almost shunned by doing that. She's like, hey, shut up before you don't ever dance again. So like Exactly. And she and she's the only and that's that's the only black ballet dancer that I know. Or maybe the only one that Matt like, and that's the only dancer that I actually care about. Like, I know Misty Copeland's holding like Misty Copeland like that. But like right. that's need it. more of that. Right. Um and Kanye came say, in and was like, what up? Uh I saw a Mexican improv troupe. And how was that? Not good. Mexicans are bad at improv. <laughs> <laughs> it's just because, like, socioeconomically, you know, Mexicans aren't free like white people to be able to zip, zap, zap like that. You know what I mean? So it's, it's like you, there's, uh, improv is privilege, you know, it's, you got to be, uh, it's like a status to, to get to be able to do that, to be able to think on your toes and to be free. Exactly. So yeah, that that free yeah, that freedom is that freedom is expensive, bro. Is that what you're right. saying? Freedom is expensive to be like. <laughs> like, what was I watching? I've been trying like that's why even like I watch like I support uh any like Instagram niggas that do comedy and shit. The sketches they do when they make sketch, it's always uncomfortable because it's always like they're doing sketch in like a bodega or like on the train. Right. It's like they don't have access to these big fucking. <laughs> they don't have access to like actual a black, sets. A black yeah. box theater. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no there's no black box theater. So it's like we got, we got to do the sketch on the train, and it's like you can see right. him on the train. Like just now, I was watching this hood ass TV show where it was like, all right, it's they self produced it. It's hood as fuck, and you can watch it. And there's some clips you can tell the people in the background do not know there's a there's a TV show being filmed. They have no yeah. idea. There's the sound, they, the sound is bad, but these niggas is trying something. And you, and it's like, what's hard for them though is like letting go of that. The hard part for them is the vulnerability of acting. Right. They're like, because all these shows are hood as fuck, and these niggas are just playing hood niggas. But it's like I think they want to play more than that, but they're afraid to even try. Right. Try, like I, I was watching one Money and Violence, which was, which was great a few years back. There was one character who his whole character was just, he was a sucker. He like was broke, had a mean baby's mom or whatever. He was getting bullied and shit. He was a whole sucker. You go to the dude's Instagram page, that was a full gangster. But I feel like <laughs> on his Instagram page, he went extra hard to be like, yo, I'm not this fucking character. Don't get it twisted. Right. I'm not that. Like, and it's like, that's a, that freedom of acting. It's like acting is good because in um, the acting class that me and Nick are in, the dude was just like, yo, when you do it, just remember like, this this isn't you. This is just lose yourself in the character. And it's hard for niggas to lose themselves right. in characters when they feel like there's rep- these repercussions to these, to these characters and shit. It's so, vulnerability. You I can't want, be that vulnerable. Yeah. You can't be that vulnerable. And it's hard. And like, it's because vulnerability is seen as weakness. Yep. And I think that Kanye is trying to show, I think what he's trying to show people is that it's okay to be vulnerable. But it sucks because, like, him being vulnerable is just ended up like we've seen how bad it, how left it can go. Right, but he also just got billionaire status, so he proved that you could still get the highest, you know, point in in life 
by being that vulnerable and taking those L's that he took. I mean, yeah, but he also brought Candace Owens. He gave her more of a shine, and that she sucks. Right. True. I think, uh, I mean, that's a lane that's going to be open soon. I mean, I don't think we're ready for it because we, when we think of, like, black Republicans, we think of, like, the guy on Fox News with the sheriff hat talking about black-on-black crime. But we'll get to a point where, you know, you'll, you'll have real niggas as Republicans and, and Democrats, and, and, you know, both will be infiltrated, and, you know, both parties will value it. I think that's what we have. That's our issue now with the, with, with the left is, like, yo, what's going on with us? Like, what about us? And yeah. I think the new Uncle Tom will be a liberal. And I think that'll uh, that happen five to 10 years from now, where it's just like, oh no, you know, they do, they, they stop slate like that, that mentality. So, well, I think he, he's opening up doors a little bit, maybe seven years ahead of his time. I think that um, if you, because uh, I'm, I'm reading 50 Cent, 50 Cent has a new book out where he talks about how he made all his money and shit. And uh-huh. the more I read it, I look at it and I'm just like, all right. A lot of niggas aren't vocal about it, but there's a ton of black republic. Like, er, like pretty okay. much every rich, every rich black person that stayed rich is. If you are a rich black person, like most rich black people are Republicans. Like the only one I can think of that wasn't is MC Hammer. He went broke because he tried to help all. Because he, 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 he went broke trying to help all. Yeah, trying to help all of his niggas. Right. And like, you have to have some core of like, all right, they're taxing me. How much? Like that shit has to be. That's a part of it. Right. But like. It's hard for niggas to eloquate that and be like, yo, I'm a Republican because of I don't believe in this, that, and the third. But then you hear niggas like Diddy say, we got to build our own shit. We got to do this. We got to do that. When he talks about building your own, that's black Republican talk right there. Right. Like, oh, we got to build our own schools. We got to stop relying on. No, you're ta- you're, that's you're a Republican, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you're fiscally conservative. That's, yeah, you're that's fiscally, you're, you are fiscally conservative. <laughs> It's, it's it's very clear. You you can say whatever you want to say, but that's very much Republican shit. There's a comic white dude, Tim McIntyre, right from Boston. He had a joke where he was just like, "I think more Republicans would like rap music because because rap rappers love having money, they love shooting guns, and they love disrespecting women." And I was like, "Damn!" <laughs> I was like, "Shit!" Well, damn. But like, I think that's a that needs to be discussed more because. I have a hard time believing that, like, Jay-Z has to be a little bit of a Republican. Oh, no I way. mean, he came out with black Republicans, <laughs> with Nas. Yeah, so. with Nas. I think that they're definitely, they're like, and, but I think that you, I think that we as people don't have to, like, look at them, look at that. Actually, Nick, can you play Black Republicans real quick? That song was hard. That was that was one. Yo, that was a hard ass. That was that was a hard. That was a hard ass song. Because the last episode we played, uh, "Who Killed It" off of Hip Hop Is Dead, and that's uh-huh. the worst song. That's the worst song I ever heard in my life. Have you <laughs> heard that shit? Yeah, uh, it it has a weird beat, and it's, it's just him yeah. rapping with that fucking mercy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The Dave Chappelle. I didn't know I could talk like that. <laughs> but yeah, like I, but I was, you know, I was at the barbershop like one bait when we would be out and we were talking about this shit. And I was, everyone was talking about how like I was in the barbershop in Bed Stuy. Everyone was talking about how great Jay Z is, right? And I'm like, I don't know. And everyone stops like, wait, what are you talking about? And I was like, he's a billionaire. Billionaires are fucked up. And then like, how? I was like, bro, like they care about money. They don't care about people like that. And then I was like, you can see the disconnect because people see like, oh, 
seeing a black billionaire means so much. Like the idea of being like us being able to get it that far. But it's like it's not a per it's not a journey for us, it's a journey for them. Yes. And then I remember somebody at the barbershop was like, Hey, what about you, bro? You're wearing Jordans right now. Isn't he a isn't he like a billionaire too? How you feel about that? And I was like, Well, I'm I'm a hypocrite. I'm just a bad person, bro. Right. And the guy stopped and was like, All right. <laughs> and uh, in that last dance episode uh, where Jordan didn't endorse uh, the, the North Carolina senator, yeah, he was kind of hinting that he was a he was like, you know, he's like, hey, man, I don't get into politics. I don't know the dude, but I think that was him letting people know. Republicans buy sneakers, too. Right. And it was like... Saying like, hey man, you fucked up, then you know you might you might be a Republican, you know, bro. When it was like they sold like the uh, the the uh, the dude, the Republican candidate who was just like, is this a giant racist? <laughs> he was like, yeah, segregation is good. I don't know, and it's like it's nineteen, it's it was like nineteen eighty, it's like nineteen ninety three. He's like, yeah, right. we should be segregated. I don't know. I'm like, damn. What? And Jordan and Jordan couldn't be like, hey, that's don't vote for him, right? But hey. It works. I mean, at the end of the day, bro, Jordan's a Republican. He's a piece of shit. But I still right. wear his shoes, so <laughs> I can't say too much. I don't throw right. stones at people. Right. Oh, my God. So uh, let's get into this next section. So what's going on in your life, bro? Man, um, I think for a, a long time, I needed everything to stop. And so quarantine kind of was that moment and not to be selfish about it. I know people are dying, but uh, uh, it just gave me time to kind of like get in front of things. And I think for a long time in comedy, I was just behind mm -hmm. trying to keep up. And so now I finally feel like I'm at a point where I'm in front of things. I, I have more control of what I have control of. And uh, so I've been in a great place, man. I, I think uh, I've been finding myself in quarantine. I've been, Find, like finding this peace, giving myself permission. So it's been good. So I'm in a great place right now. Worry, you know what? I honestly, I was in therapy today. I was in therapy today and I was talking to her about that. And I said the similar thing. I was like, yo, I feel very much in control of stuff because the fact that like I'm in the house and I hope, this will, I hope you're saying the same thing where it's like we're in the house and it's like where when you're outside at clubs or wherever, and it feels like people are asking you, asking you to do this, that, and the third. Now that we're kind of by ourselves and things slow down a lot, it's not like we have all this control over what we can create, what we want to do. Yes. And that growth day to day, it feels like, all right, I'm making strides. I've slowed down. I'm like better. And I'm like, it's just like, it feels good. And it feels almost, you feel almost guilty for being, feeling good. Like, damn. Yeah. Should I, should I feel, should I be in a good place right now? I, th I think you should. I, I think, uh, I think people should, if they do feel good right now, I, th I think we need to give ourselves permission to feel good. Um, because for a long time we weren't. And for a long time we were watching things take place that didn't make sense. And we're just like, yo, what the fuck? What, why is this not, you know, not even throwing shade at anyone. Why is this person doing, making this? And how is this person doing this? And yeah. the math doesn't add up. And then I think this is the equalizer for everybody. So you, you'll start to see everything uh, even out the way it should. Um, and I think the people who are feeling good are the, the ones who are going to be the equalizers. 
Yeah, I agree with that, man. I think that I, I, you made a, you made a great point. Just being like, for a long time, we would watch other people's growth and what they're doing, and be like, how like how are they be able to create this? And I'm and you look at your back at yourself. Like, I had a dream uh, last night. I had a dream last night. That was with one of my homies, right? And um, we're at their job, and and we're at like this this job at this theater or whatnot, and it's theater. But like walk around, they're walking me through their whole job and shit. We're going through, the, we're going through the stairs, you know. What I mean, elevators and stuff. And soon we're going like on scaffolding. We're going like through pipes and stuff. And I can barely keep up. I can't reach out. I'm not strong enough to climb with them. And they're looking back at me like, "What, what are you doing?" I'm like, and I said, "I can't, I can't keep up with you." And they're just like, "I'm showing you how I got to where I'm at. You should be able to keep up with me." And when I woke up, I realized I was like, "No, the problem with that is it's like I was trying." to walk through their creation yeah <laughs> instead of mine right you know what i mean like i don't know how to like, they did what they're supposed to do because that that was them that's their path i can't expect to walk down somebody else's path right. i have to walk and create my own i have to forage my own shit and um that uh, that that brought me some peace yeah and i'm sitting back and i think i got a song with that in mind uh you ever hear the rapper? I could play it from here. I told you, should. Did y'all hear that? <laughs> Nick, yeah, did you hear that? I heard it. Did you hear that? I could hear it. All right. Yeah. Word. All right. So, um, all right. So this is a, this is a rapper from Toronto. Uh, before, because before there was Drake. Before Drake was popping, Toronto had a few rappers that were out. One was uh, what was the nigga's name? Who was with DJ Khaled for a little bit? Cardinal official. Cardinal, yes, Cardinal official. <laughs> oh my god, Cardinal official. Who like who was cool before he got with DJ Khaled and his, his music got super poppy and it was trash. Mm-hmm. But there was another dude named Chaos who was like who I, I remember one day I was watching MTV Two at like midnight on a school night. I was dozing off and this video popped up and I was like, wait, what? And I saw it and I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was, it was all about breakdancing and shit. And I had to like learn more about this artist and he became one of my favorites. He actually, like part of the reason I grew dreads, I got dreads for a while. Part of the reason I grew dreads is because of this guy. So this guy Chaos had an album called Exit and he had a song called uh, Heaven Only Knows. And this is probably, we talk about forging your own path. This is a great song about like, you know, walking down your own path and just discovering shit yourself. So the song is Heaven Only Knows. This is it right here. And yeah, it's a pretty good album. I recommend the whole thing. I feel like the oh, only yeah. problem with Chaos is that like sometimes it's like he would rap in a way where it's like you wouldn't like lyrically, it didn't make any sense. It just sounded nice. But the older I got, I was like, oh, this makes sense because I found out later on he was actually like 35 when he dropped this. It's like his debut album. He's like 35 uh-huh. or something. So it's like, oh, this is a grown man speaking like a grown man. Right. <laughs> So yeah, this is uh it's also uh they sample the Isley brothers on this. Nice. Yeah, you look at the composers, it's Chaos, Ronald Isley, Chris Jasper, Rudolph Isley, Ernest Isley, Marvin Isley. So it's pretty cool, it's pretty laid back. Nice. Um it's funny, I, I was watching like, uh it was like this Vince Carter documentary. And uh, it's on Netflix, I think, right now. Oh, yeah? And they're, ta- they're talking about uh, when Vince Carter came to uh, the Raptors, 
that was like the first time that they were exposed to hip hop. And so like Drake was like, yo, this was like 90, whatever, mid nineties. I didn't know anything about rap or just being cool. And so you could see that that was the first time that a lot of these guys were learning how to be cool. And so like, when I think of like guys like Drake, wow. I'm like, man, there's something off about him where it just doesn't seem authentic. It's because like cool is a second yeah. language for them. It's, it's like, it's like language is, is uh, just not being cool. And then they had to pick it up. So we're like, your, your accent's off. Something's not right. And uh, so it's interesting. Something's something, 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 something not cool here. Right. <laughs> yeah, Canadians are corny. <laughs> oh my god, that's fucking like it's funny that it's funny that you say that because like Canadians when they try to be like Canadians are cool when they when they embrace their culture. Right. But like without when they when they try to be like American hip American cool, it doesn't work. Right. But what's funny though is just like you know like Griselda, right? Griselda's from Buffalo, New York. And yeah, Buffalo yeah. borders they border it borders Canada. <laughs> like twenty minutes away. Yeah, yeah. If, if you if you listen to them, if you listen to them closely, if you listen close enough, they all have Canadian accents. <laughs> That's funny. And these are like and these and these are like they're like the new Wu Tang right. hardcore gangsters. But they're right. Slightly, they're like they're Canadian, but they but they have enough new they have enough American that they still sound cool. Right, and they're they're also like thirty five to thirty eight too. They're they're older. Right, they're thirty five, thirty eight. They, 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 they've all they've all been to jail. They're fucking what's yes. his name? Uh, Conway's been shot Conway. a few times. Half his face shot in the back of his head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love them. They're, Every they're, set of the they're song. Part, they're, I mean, I, yo, I love yeah, I love them too. Like I love them to the point where it's like you, you I go, I listen to Benny rap sometimes. I just want to, I just want to like, I just want to like work out. I want to, I want to punch a wall. I'm just right. so like, I, like you just feel it. When right. Conway said on the song, I got shot and a few niggas got murdered behind it, I was like, God damn. Like, they don't lie. <laughs> no, there's a they lot of lie. crimes that they're let. They probably, that's probably what took them so long. They had to uh, wait for the statute of limitations to take <laughs> place so they can rap and talk about shit. <laughs> exactly, bro. Exactly. <laughs> they had to, they had to let this, you know, we got it. We got you. We got you. We got you. We got right, to chill, chill for seven to nine years. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll, we'll pop up soon. We'll pop up soon. <laughs> But yeah, but yeah they're, uh, they're great. I love them. That's yeah. funny that they have Canadian accents. <laughs> they have Canadian. They have, they have Canadian accents. Uh, so anyway, that was Heaven Only Knows by Chaos, which is a good song about you know just like you just want you want to lay back, enjoy this like word, enjoy which and enjoy our time. You know what I mean? Enjoy like what we're doing, and you just want to enjoy like just walk off into the sunset. The sun right. might go down That's at all- some point, but fuck it, you want yeah. And we're, we're I think we're at the we're at the point in rap where we're watching these guys be able to walk into the sunset, like you know, like Jay Z and Eminem and all these older rappers are and Ye are all tr- figuring out like, all right, what's rap after forty? Like, what's rap after like hitting fifty? And we don't know because it's still relatively new. Because you know the old like the older guys from the previous generation are they just stop or they're dead or they're just chilling. So, uh, you know, these guys are almost pioneers on figuring out what do we rap about? What do we, t- what, what is this? Like, how do I rap about art? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's how do I can, how do I connect? How do I stay relevant? How do right. I avoid situations? Like, for example, 
like you got a guy like KRS One who at one point was considered the most he was one of the most feared MCs right in all of rap. Like industry rule number four thousand and eighty. Industry people are shady. Industry rule four thousand eighty one. Don't mess with KRS One. That was a that was a real thing. And because he was so, like he was fucking he he would he destroy you, but then you flash forward right. like ten years, not even ten years, flash forward like eight years. Fucking Nelly beat him in a beef by calling him old. Right, and then Nelly he, was like, "You're the first old man to get a rapper's <laughs> pension." And everyone's like, "God, yeah, what are you gonna do?" Then after that, right. you got fucking Ice T. Ice T was Ice T was yeah. Ice-T fucking was terrifying. Ice-T, the FBI was like, you have to stop. You, you can't rap this song. They banned his songs. The FBI was like, he's so dangerous. Flash forward 15 years. Soldier Boy doesn't even rap. Just be like, bro, you're old. We don't respect, hip-hop does not respect its older generations. Now you have rappers who, for the first time, I think, no. I think in hip-hop's so short career, we have rappers that like are in their forties, maybe going to fifties, and people they still have relevance. Like Eminem, I don't like his music that much anymore, but still, it's like Eminem is still rapping. You still listen to it. Jay Z, you still rapping, listening to it. Niggas is turning forty years old, and it's like okay, you can still rap. Yeah. So, um, I think that I look at that and I look at what we're going through now, and it's just being like, I think what makes what separate from other rappers who failed or just disappeared is that. They they got to points in their careers where like they were like, all right, I have control, and no matter I I have control, I know my voice, I know what I'm doing, so I'll be okay. And they let that guide, they let that principle guide them. Whereas some people are just like, I don't have control, and I'm, I'm at this, I'm a slave to like what the industry says, I'm a slave to what the fans say, and um. We right now in this period, it's not the same, but we're in a period right now where like we all, all we have is control of our own destinies and our own careers and stuff like that. And I think that when the when the quarantine ends and we're back out there after the second spike, because the second spike is going to hit us fucking hard. But after all that shit, we are going to fucking, um, I think we should take some of the energy we have now, remember this, remember the thoughts and the feelings. And when we go back out there, we have to remember like, this is what matters to us. We, we've learned in this past couple months right. what matters. What keeps us going? What what makes us happy? And what makes us happy isn't a lot. It's not being on TV. It's not like I don't know, fucking getting up. I mean, getting up is great. It's not. It's not. It's just like the ability yeah. to create and do something. Right. So I think that that's right. a beautiful thing. But before we go on, I want to say like we gotta play one Griselda song. Nick, just pick a Griselda song. I want to because we were talking we were talking about Griselda and it's just like they're just. I can't. We can't. You can't speak of Griselda and not play Griselda. That, that, them, those motherfuckers right. are so cool. They're, oh my god! Did you see that video? Of, uh, happy that they came back. Some dogs. Go ahead. Nah, We're waiting for it. But like, I'm just thinking, like Griselda, man. Like, yes, Doctor Birds. Oh my god. I hate oh. There's just the, uh, it's just everything you, you want to like. Too. Oh my god! The, the video now I watch I watch this video all the time. I watch this video all the time, and 
Yeah, listen, no, listen, listen, no, this is a uh, brick on my brick. This is right. This is right. Brick on my. Brick. Yeah, but like, you just want to like grab like a razor, like an actual like a razor, like and just like I want to like cut <laughs> something. I don't want to say somebody. You, face. you, want to cut, you just want to cut something. <laughs> Yeah, oh my, yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm gonna get something here, Buck yep. 50. This is Buck 50 music. This is all, oh my God. It's just, these are bad, these are bad people. These are bad guys. Uh, I was and they're dressed like, so cool and I, nice. They got like wa- Virgil White. <laughs> Trust They're dressed so cool. Like, I always feel like I'd walk, like, I, 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 work, I, I walk outside, I, I, could, I could see myself wearing some shit. And running into one of them, be like, "Yo, that's a nice outfit." I'm like, "Yeah." They're like, "I'm wearing the same thing right now, so you got to change, bro." And, I, and I, like, I'd have to change. Like, I feel like they they press me, bro. Like, they're not they intimidate. They're they're scary. They're like, I don't know what I would. I can't even imagine talking to them. Right. What do you say to fucking Conway? Man, I you just sit down. Remember in uh in Belly where that guy was uh in in the living room and they made him strip and take off all his clothes. That's yeah. that's probably what they'll make you do. Just like off of Bro. <laughs> or unless unless like like later in Belly, like when DMX goes to the fucking Onyx's crib uh-huh. and he's watching watch soccer. Right. You got you just gotta sit there and smoke blunts and not say a fucking right. word. Don't say right. don't say shit. J- Jamaica's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jamaica's very good. <laughs> that, no, that was that was the best acting in that whole movie because DMX sounded like he was ter- he was terrified. Right. Jamaica's very he was he was shook. Right. I think um Ox died this year, I think. Yep. Uh, in a yeah, car accident. Oh man. But the last thing he the last thing he did was uh I remember last year he uh what you call it he had a message from Toronto talking about how we're not afraid of the Warriors. <laughs> and he said that, that 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 video came out and then he's like he says he's like Steph Curry. All right, I can't do it. Uh Nick, can you do me a favor? Can you do the uh, impression? Can you do a voice of an old, angry Jamaican man saying <laughs> Steph Curry? We're not afraid of Steph Curry. He said, "He said we're not afraid of Steph Curry." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was Look here, warriors. Nobody afraid of no Steph Curry. We eat curry and goat. <laughs> so if you think say you're the goat. <laughs> Yo, I was t- I was scared watching that video. I was yeah, I was shook. Right. I wouldn't be surprised they like they watch that shit and they're like, you know, I'm not playing. Fuck that shit. I'm like, I can't like that's that's scary. How do you, how do you piss that man off? Right. It's like right. I didn't know I had to check into Toronto, but apparently <laughs> yeah, I had to check into Toronto. I got to check in with this nigga. You got to right. check into no. Jamaica for Toronto. <laughs> Call the embassy. Have a have a connection, bro. Nick, because you just I don't do this thing where it's like I have to come back and tell you we lost the game. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Hey, hey, how's it going? Mm, what happened? Uh, so we were playing uh, the Warriors, right? You know how we're playing the Warriors. Yeah, I'm gonna see it. Yeah. No. What? I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. We were playing, and um, so I think Steph he dropped like thirty points. Hold on, hold on, hold on. How much? 
already. Blood clot, Jesus. No, 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 but wait, wait, wait. But, but Kawhi, 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 had, Kawhi had, like, he had 25, and I think, like, 10 rebounds, all right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Fred Van Fleet, I think he had, like, he had, um, he had. Let me win the blood clot game. <laughs> uh, the Warriors. But we were, we were close, we were close, we were close, we were close. Where you there right now? Where you there right now? I, I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry. I don't, I, I can't. I'm, I'm Pascal Siakam. Like, I don't, I'm from Africa. <laughs> I don't speak Patois. <laughs> I'm that sorry. dude has man. never spoken to someone named Pasquale. <laughs> Pasquale. <laughs> 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 that's what that, that's what that, but that, but that, no, that, that has to be terrifying. You can't disappoint. Like, is I don't want to disappoint our people who are ranking, but I wouldn't want to disappoint him. I wouldn't want to disappoint Barack Obama, and I wouldn't want to disappoint Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington has to be a scary. I would never disappoint. That's not, I would never. That's that is hard. Like, could you imagine bringing up like just saying like, just saying, telling them like, oh, I'm sorry, Denzel, but like. Uh, the chef said it's going to be 10 more minutes for your steak. That's such a wide range of people you don't want to let go, you don't want right. to let down. <laughs> it's a former <laughs> president, an actor, and a Jamaican <laughs> mega artist. I know, at the, end of, at the end of the day, I feel like, I just want, I don't want, to, I don't want to disappoint any older black man, which tells me, it tells me about the relationship with my father, so I think that's what it is. Any older black man, I still, I don't want to see him disappointed. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, you ever do? Yeah, you got a lot. You ever do a show and it's like you bomb as an older black man there who just saw the whole thing and he's just like he's just sitting back, like. <laughs> or like you ever do the opposite where you're you're telling you're doing you're doing your jokes and then only he laughs at it and it's like you know what, fuck it. We're, the old, if the old black man laughs, I'm good. Mm-hmm. If the old black man, or if an old black man, or like the two middle-aged black women laugh at the joke, it's a good joke. I don't give a fuck about anybody else. Right. Like, a, like I, I've because you, we've all been there. Where it's like a room full of white people, maybe five black people, and the black people don't like any of your shit until you say one joke that they laugh at. Nobody else does. You're like, all right, I'm I'm not a piece of shit anymore. Right. Or the absolute worst is when you bomb from all black people. And then at the end of the show, you're sitting there, like in the back, and older black lady walks up to you, and gives you a hug, and was just like, "I thought you were funny." And it's it, like, no, you, that hurts. It's painful. <laughs> you know that they they, they, they they always they always hug you. They always always hug. Old black ladies will hug you, and you're like, "Damn, I fucked, I fucked up." Bring you yeah. into their book. <laughs> Yeah, and they're like, they're like, it's okay. Right on their <laughs> yeah, you did, you did a good, you did, you did a good job. Then they they stop hugging you, and the comic they actually like, they stick their whole tongue out like ah, and it's like they they, they get all happy to see them. And you're like, why didn't you give? Why did you give me that? Yeah, they got a whole, they got a whole secret handshake, and you hear them talk like, oh my god, you realize she wasn't really old. She was just like that black lady energy was just like she's actually 35. You thought she was 50. She was 50 when she talked to you, but then like she talked to the other person. She 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 like she got younger. It's like damn. Right. 
That's not, I remember, I just, I just think about old black ladies seeing me fuck up, just in general. They somehow are old. Like, at some points, I think I fucked up and nobody saw. An old black lady, I remember once I was, on, I was at a uh, bar. I was at a bar and I had my book bag, right? And I put my book bag behind my chair. I sit at this bar. It's a hipstery ass bar in Bushwick. And then I feel a tap on my shoulder. It's an older black lady holding my bag and being like, hey, you should put this in front of your chair. Somebody might steal it. And I put it down and then she just disappeared. Like, no one, like, <laughs> she wouldn't, like, why would she, like, she had no reason to be at that bar. The bar was, it was like, it was like a pinball machine. It was super That's hipster. They were, they were serving, like, maple shots. Like, I don't know. She's, that was God. That was God. That was God. Shit. <laughs> I might have to watch That's Why Angel after that shit. And just look at Della Reese. Yep. R.I.P. All right, we got one more section because my internet is hating on us. We're talking too much about black ladies being magical. And Zoom is like, we can't have that. We can't have niggas support niggas. So I had the last segment. Keith, I want you to talk. I want you to help me out with something. So basically, I, um, I'm going to tell you what I'm going through. And I want your help with this situation. All right. So um, okay. right now, I, all right, this is what's going on. Right now, what's going on? Oh, um, so I got this new iPad, right? And I like it a lot. It's been helpful. I've been drawing on it. I've been doing a bunch. Of, I've been doing it so much, but my biggest fear is that, like, I'm going to, it's going to be harder for me to turn off all of my screens. Because before I had the iPad, I had like my I had my phone, my computer, then I had my TV, then I had my Nintendo Switch. Now I have that was like what four screens. Now I have five screens, and I need to find time to turn everything off and just be. So, what song do you recommend to help me just stop and exist? Um, let's see. Um, I think. Uh... Kid Cudi and Andre 3000 by design. Um, it's a song about being in the moment. Let's play that. Are y'all there? Yeah. Okay. We froze. I'm there. Control. I heard yeah. that. I, I, I want to play that shit. Let's play that shit. Hold on. Yeah. Okay. By, by design. I design. Let's play this. Let's play this. It has a little video game you vibe to this. I can hear it. Hmm. Okay. I have like Mick knows about Kid Cudi. Like on some levels, I like him a lot. But people are telling me like, "Oh, he's like so influential," and I'm kind of just like, "How did he resonate with so many people like that?" Like I like him, but people fucking I don't love him. But people love Kid Cudi. Like I remember once uh, Pete Davidson was just like, "Kid Cudi, if he, it wasn't Kid he, Cudi, I would have killed myself." I remember that. <laughs> uh, he he was talking to the. Melancholy yeah. niggas in life that just were just like moping along, and he just spoke life into them. 
And uh, yeah, because I have a lot of friends that love them and they're all like just kind of low energy. They're just like unenthused. And anytime they talk about Kid Cudi, they, their eyes light up. Yeah. It's like people just people just see him and they're just like, oh my god, this fucking Cuddy, it's Cutter. Like he just resonates and it's just like he but the thing about him, he doesn't seem that unenthusiastic. He's done a lot of shit. Like he was the first one of the first rappers I saw got get their teeth right. fixed. He was acting in movies and shit. Yeah, like he's he's like <laughs> I mean like yeah, he like right. has his depression bouts, but he doesn't seem like the saddest person. No, I, I think he he lets himself just experience a little bit of everything, and he'll, he'll just be okay with that. Just go out to the woods and do some shrooms, and then call it a day. Put out an album. Yeah, he yeah, is, he's, he's saucy. Yeah, though, he is. Real, like, he's he's a one of the guy. few. Yeah, you remember that? Do you remember back in the day? Uh, I think. He was at uh, some concert. This is before he was popping. He's at some. He's like at a Reebok event, and they told him to not. He couldn't wear Jordans on stage, and he said, "I'm gonna wear Jordans regardless." And he got tased. <laughs> I don't remember. That's hilarious, though. That's funny. <laughs> Reebok, Yo, bro, like, like, hold on. Let me let me, go, let, me go, let me Google this shit. Never mind. Yo. Kid Cuddy Tased. You got to us? How do you tase Kid Cuddy? Yeah, he was tasered at an all-star party in Scottsdale. He said it hurt like a motherfucker <laughs> in 2009. That's funny. It was, just, no, it was the same weekend that Suge Knight got knocked That's out. Hilarious. Yeah. Mercury oh was God. in retrograde. Yeah, something That's was off. Crazy. That day if, if everything <laughs> hip hop was off. Something was off. Like it was like, first of all, Shug yeah, yeah. gets knocked out. Shug gets knocked out. Probably everyone was like, what the when Shug when Shug and I got knocked out the first time, even the second time, it was like watching Thanos lose. Like, wait, what? No, not Thanos. It was like watching Hulk get beat right. by Thanos. I mean, that's not supposed to happen. But we had all our hopes to like find out. Yeah, he just dropped. <laughs> and it was like the this our our entire life, everything I learned in the 90s where it was just like, Suge was terrifying. Like, Suge used to, like, the, the Vanilla Ice story of him hanging him over a banister. That happened. Or Suge making people drink his piss. That happened. And then, <laughs> he got knocked out. We're like, wait, what the... F-? Like, Suge was... He was mystifying. He was great. Like, Suge was so mystifying. And I remember back in the early days of the internet, there was a site that deconstructed the whole Machiavelli album, right? And it was like, if you play this one song backwards, super loud, you can hear Tupac say, Suge shot me. Yeah. <laughs> he was a mysterious, like, he was the boogeyman. He was a mysterious boy. Yeah. The fact that nobody's made a horror movie with somebody based off of Suge Knight is crazy. <laughs> like, I want that. That's, that's we gotta, right there, where it's just like. Right. <laughs> A Jordan, we got a Jordan Pill, a uh, Suge Knight mo- horror movie, and then we got an opera movie that we got to write. <laughs> we got to write, we got to write, we got to write, we got to write both of those. And the Suge Knight, Knight movie could just be like a Kafka-esque thing where it's just like a rapper signs a deal 
with Suge Knight. And then it's like just Suge just fine. Like it's it's like Kafka, Jordan, and what was that the movie about drumming and shit where the nigga is, is J.K. Simmons in it? Uh, you know, Whiplash. Yeah, Whiplash. A Whiplash <laughs> type movie about fucking Suge Knight would be incredible. <laughs> but Hollywood's not, Hollywood's not gonna sponsor that shit. Oh, wow. they, they might. You never know. We just probably had to enter in like some NBC diversity competition. <laughs> they'll, yeah. they'll take it up. <laughs> no, 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 strong no, black no. lead. Yes. Strong, strong black lead. Oh my God. People would love that shit. People would love that shit. But yo, Keith, man, thank you for doing the show, yes. bro. I appreciate yeah. it. Nick. Appreciate also, y'all having me, man. Yeah. Uh, Nick, again, could you do me a favor? And could you sum up what we've talked about as Louis Rankin? Say that again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Listen here. You don't want no foolishness. We talk about Kanye. We talk about the Warriors. We talk about, what else we talk about? Griselda. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want no more talking. You understand? That's it. <laughs> <Till> are done. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Stop banging on the damn funnels. Uh, all right. Anyway, Keith, where people find you online? Uh, at Keith Johnson HQ on all social media platforms. Um, hit me up on the gram. That's where I'm at usually. So, all right, bet, bet, bet. All right, thank you so much. You're appreciated. Right, Stay safe out there. Enjoy your it's time. Good. We'll do all our shit. And everybody listening, thank you so much for listening. Y'all take care. And we're done. Peace. What's up with you? What's going on? Let them know he'll prescribe you a song. Turn the volume up. I suggest you to run this live request. Welcome to Brain Machine Network. Dot com.